Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Welcome to another episode of Waterfall Wednesday. Yay, welcome. Speaking of sponsors. Oh, we're jumping right in. Let's go. <laughs> no, I uh I was just thinking about uh, boss ammunition because I went on a little hunting uh, hunting trip. I saw that, and I shot, I shot fourteen geese, big late season cold weather honkers with my twenty gauge, boss three by five loads. Guess how many necks I snapped out of fourteen? Zero. You guessed correct. Oh, I figured you wouldn't be bringing it up if it wasn't something like that. Yeah, dude. I might forget how to snap necks. Just kidding. I'm excellent at it. And people, other, <laughs> that's like a great. <laughs> that should be that should be boss's new slogan. So good, put, you'll forget how to snap necks. I put that on Instagram one time and tagged them, and they they shared it. That's awesome. Yeah, I said use boss long enough, you might forget how to snap necks, and they use, put it on their story too. Use boss and put the finisher out of business. The finisher. Oh my god, that fucking medieval goose torture device. Right. Not a sponsor, apparently. The finisher? Yeah. I wouldn't tell anybody to ever use that fucking thing. Oh Just god. learn how to snap a neck. Yeah, those things like I've I've seen. They're not the swans when you Just use snap them the, right, the neck. When you use them the right way, they work pretty slick. But jeez, uh, I've seen people just nobody stabby stabby. Oh my god, man. I've just I cringe when I see somebody like grab a bird and reach for that. Like, no, just give me the bird. I know. Snappity snap. 
I don't, it's just, well, I'm not super crazy about snapping necks either. It's like so many people are so aggressive and like the head pops straight off. I mean, it works. The, the bird is dead at that point, but it's like nice. I'd rather somebody decap a bird than stab it 15 times and then keep stabbing it as blood is gushing over like their gloves and their clothes. Like, I think that got it. <laughs> Boy, that's a good tool. Well, I made a, I made my own finisher tools. Like when I was thirteen, I took some pen tubes, like some big pens, cut them in half, and stuck like really long nails through them, and filled them with epoxy. And then I put a cap, like the pen cap, back over it, and hung them on my lanyard. I just, I just had like and a little I was, tiny pocket knife. I had, you know, like one of them, yeah, old trapper ones or whatever they were called. And that little tiny blade works exactly the same just right into the old brain yeah but, i i used that little big pen nail thingy i used like uh once and i was like that was horrific and my 14 year old strength can easily snap these birds necks <laughs> so <laughs> and then i saw that finisher tool come out and that dude's everywhere he sold a billion of those oh, fucking yeah. things he made some i was like man it. if i didn't if i didn't you know i built it like in 1999 or 2000 i built my own and if I didn't think they were so crazily unethical and ineffective, I could have made a lot of money. Yeah, you just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta throw, you know, your ethics aside and make that make that coin. <laughs> I put a video out on YouTube on how to snap necks. I bet that got monetized. <laughs> <laughs> no, the comments on it though were just fucking awesome. Really. I should look that up really quick because some guys really like had funny comments on it. But anyways, uh, yeah, I took a trip this uh, this weekend. We want to do a Nick J story time. Well, yeah, I didn't even know your plan on hunting. Next thing I know, your snaps blown up with like cool snowy goose smashes. I shot three quill lake geese oh, uh, right. over Friday and Saturday. I didn't get one on Sunday. That's um, I was gonna ask you about that, but go ahead, continue. So I went to a, an area that I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, it was a long drive from home, a really long drive. So I put the cart and 44 DSD giants in the truck and a one layout blind and, uh, and a snow cover for it. And I hit the road. This was uh, Thursday morning. Uh, my wife and my mom went to Panama to visit family down there and then i uh i was like well what am i gonna do i i got a wild fucking idea i was like all right here i go here we go let's do something real stupid and so i got in at like six o'clock at night um to my hotel and my plan was to hunt this you know obviously it's a river everything else is frozen i'm near a river and i'm like well i'm just gonna set up a spread in this public field next to the river and I'll scout from there tomorrow. And uh, so that's what I did. I got up and I started driving out there and I crossed the bridge over the river like twice, once or twice. And uh, I didn't see any fucking open water on that river. And it was so snowy. I was like, oh man, this might have been a mistake. I get to this little public field. There's no evidence of geese using this field at all. It's like, okay, well... I'm carting out there anyway, so I carted out 32 DSDs, set them up, sat in my blind, and uh, it started snowing on me, and there was like two and a half hours that went by 
where I did not see any evidence or hear a goose. I didn't see or hear a goose. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, I'm getting, like, terrified. Like, I think I fucked up and I fucked up big. <laughs> like, just, like, doing the math on how much gas money I'm spending just doing this solo trip. Plus the hotel. I was like, oh, no, dude. This was, this was the dumbest thing I've ever done. So I go to my truck and I'm sitting in there. And uh, all of a sudden I notice, like, two flocks flying up and down the river. And I was like, okay, there are... 40 geese in this area i know that and uh let me just take a, a lap around this valley and see if i can't find any birds and so it took me a half hour or so and then all of a sudden fuck i found the mother load there was this field that had two patches of geese in it this is at like 10 30 in the morning at this point and it's cold and clear and there was probably three thousand geese in this field and i was like Oh, okay. We are in business. Go talk to the dude. Yep, go ahead and hunt it. You know, yes. came all the way from Minnesota, you crazy fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> he goes, you know, it's tomorrow's Saturday. There might be, you know, there might be some other guys out there too. I'm not sure. You know, some guys hunt it. Like, no problem, man. So uh, I am just like on the moon at this point. Like, hell yeah. Like, this trip is going to work out. Like, oh my God. Fuck yeah, do I go just pick up this stupid decoy spread I have off in this public field? I was like, I don't know, I, I don't know, I'm just, I just want to go and just prepare for tomorrow at this point, you know? And uh, so I'm like, ah, well, that doesn't make sense. I should at least sit in my decoy spread till I get cold. And so I'm walking out to my spread, and I get like five steps from the blind before I hear, look, and I look two-pack just bombing in and i'm just like oh my god now i'm getting a hunt out of this field you know on my day one random public field spot i jump in the blind they decoy perfectly i come up bang 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 and i totally whiffed <laughs> <laughs> i was like all right whatever whatever what all of a sudden cluck, single bombing straight in i was like nice here we go bang 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 totally whiffed wow, <laughs> so now I'm, on fire i know i was like shit man aren't, i'm pretty sure i'm good at this hobby like what what am i doing here and uh then i went i shot my limit five for five that after that and uh the next group that came in was a four pack and i shot three of them and uh one the first one i came up i was like hey that's a quill bang i was like sweet i just shot a quill lake goose that's kind of cool it was nice nice looking quill and uh I was like, okay, so there's, I don't know, there's one quill. Maybe there's more in this area. Who knows, right? And uh, I was like, well, tomorrow I am for sure hunting sunrise to sunset and seeing if I can find any bands or any any more quills or whatever. I end up shooting my limit by like 12.30, 1 o'clock. I went back to my truck and uh, I actually did a calling lesson with a guy. And as I'm doing the calling lesson, like a hundred birds dump in my spread while I'm just sitting there, blind doors open, um, you know, shit strewn about because my hunt's over. I was about to pick it up and I was just eating a sandwich and talking to this guy from uh, Massachusetts about goose calling. I was like, this is a, this is going to be a good trip. So the next day I get up, go out there. My truck wouldn't start at first. It was negative 26 degrees Fahrenheit. I was like, holy shit, this is, this is ridiculous. And I go out to the field, I set up, there's right, 
where uh, the field approach came in from the field road, that's where the geese were sitting. So super easy setup. I got all 44 of my DSDs out. And from that moment, they flew a little low later. They didn't start flying until like 1030. And another group did show up and they hunted on the west side of the field. I was on the north side of the field and they were like four or 500 yards away. I went over there, said, what's up? You know, like blah, blah, blah. How's it going, guys? They were super nice, super cool. And uh, I said, well, you know, if, if you guys want to join me or whatever, what you know, I'm just by myself over there. So I'm sure we won't mess each other up. And we didn't. And uh, but I bet they were watching me going, when the fuck is this guy going to shoot a goose? Because I was decoying. <laughs> I was decoying like probably six to eight flocks to their one. Oh, like, wow. I mean, I it, they were just coming at me. And once they start building in the spread, then, you know. Sure. Like, I got more live geese than decoys at that point. I bet they were getting a little pissed because they started hacking away at everything that flew over them. So at one point, I'm sitting there, and I probably have 20, 25 birds in the decoys at this point, and another, like, 25 came in and landed. But you know, like, as the birds land in a spread, the spread gets bigger, and they keep landing further and further away kind of deal. Because you're... you're live geese are you know your spread's getting bigger your birds are landing in more spots and i'm watching this flock come in i'm like oh there's a quill lake and it was a good quill lake i was like oh here we go and it lands and it's like 40 yards out and boss or no boss when it's negative 20 degrees at that point like your ammo just doesn't work as good and i don't want to take any risks you know to, to like lose this bird i'm like man what am can I like get out of the blind and maybe walk up to it after I give it a few minutes? That became apparent that I, that wasn't going to happen. They were they they did not want to chill out. And I'm going, fuck, all right, I don't think I'm getting that quill. And all of a sudden, the group that was on the west end of the field is like, shooting at something flying over the top of them. And uh, all the geese just get scared and they start to exit my decoy spread. But they're not flying away from me. They're flying away from the gunshots on the west side of the field, you know? And uh, I, that quill just came across right to left about 35-ish nice. yards. Like, still, I was like, that's a long poke, you know, for this weather. I let it about two, three body lengths. Bang! Down it came, dude. I was so jacked. I was like, nice! I got that fucker! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, awesome. And uh, I had two other dead birds at that point, too. When the other group showed up, I shot a bird just to let them know that this is a decoy spread over here. Um, so I had a, a single come in real nice. Bang. And I shot that. And then I shot another goose just because I had to pee so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm getting out of this blind one way or the other. I mean, and then this one goose just came in perfect. I was like, all right, bang, shot him like, oh, all right, drain the lizard out. And so I, now I'm sitting at three geese, one's a quill. And, uh, then I'm sitting there, uh, oh, and the, Another guy showed up, and but he, uh, I saw him the day previous, and he's like, I'll just be by myself, like, uh, I'm like, well, dude, just join me, and uh, come hunt with me tomorrow, I'll be right here, I'm gonna set my decoys up right there, he's like, yeah, I'll come in the afternoon, so he shows up, and I was, this is around like noon, and I was like, dude, jump in my layout blind, he didn't have a layout blind, I was like, mm. jump in my layout blind, 
I got to go eat a sandwich. Um, maybe warm up my toes a little bit in the truck. I parked the truck only like 100 yards away. And so I'm sitting there eating my sandwich. It took 17 minutes for him to kill his five. And at this point, like the whole field is like a fucking, like a beehive. Wow. Also, the other group of hunters has picked up and left at this point. So he kills his five. I finish my sandwich. I go down there. He's like, this is fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I have never seen this before. He's like, all I got, you know, is like a dozen shell decoys. And, you know, I sit under a shell decoy to hunt. Like, what the fuck kind of decoys are these? Like, I've never hunted out of a layout blind before. Like, this is fucking crazy. He's the best hunt I've ever been on in my entire life. (laughs) I'm like, well... I'm like, well, you're done. So, um, <laughs> yeah, well, you're done. So, bye. There were some mallards buzzing around. They weren't going to the field. They were going to a feedlot next to the field. I'm sure, like a bait pile. And uh, he's like, well, I might just sit here and watch you hunt. Because I showed him the quill. I was like, this is what I'm here trying to kill. I'm going to see if I can get more of these. And then I sat back down in the layout blind after he finished up. And he's just going to go sit in his truck and watch me, he said. And I was like, all right. And then it just got freaking crazy. Like, like I was watching these ropes come off the river, just rope after rope after rope of geese. And they're coming right to the spread. Hmm. And probably in like 20 minutes, my spread had it uh, at, at a peak, probably close to a thousand geese in my spread. Oh my God. At that point, <laughs> they're not, at that point, they're not in your spread. Like there's no, they're no, just no. In the and, field. Yeah. <laughs> they, they basically like, since it had built that much, they were sitting pretty tight, but I would say out of that thousand, there was 200 of them, you know, within the 40 yard gun mm-hmm. range. Oh my God. And then they're just building up and building up. And then I, I'm glancing across, I'm glancing across, I'm like, bang, there's a quill in my spread. Like, nice. All right. Um, how am I going to kill that fucker? Uh, I have two geese left to my limit. And uh, if I shoot it, I'm going to kill 11. Right. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So it like sits snow, down. Like a snow goose hunter's dream. Yeah, I was like, fuck. All right, well, I guess I'll just wait it out. It sits down. It's sitting next to one of my feeder decoys. So I mark it like it's right there. And at that point, I was like, okay, um, let's just, I guess, let's just see what happens. We'll wait it out. It doesn't take about maybe 10 minutes longer than that. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, just every goose becomes alert. Um, They become kind of scared. Maybe they saw me, but I I think it was mostly just like some goose letting out a uh, a warning call and saying, let's get the fuck out of here. And all, of a, and all of a sudden, snap of a finger, boom, thousand geese in the air. But only maybe 10 of them knew I was sitting there. So you just got this mass confusion. Birds fly out every direction. And I put my eyes right on that quill. I seen him and he was coming at me, quartering from left to right. And he would have crossed like my 90 degree on my right side at like, he crossed at about 30 yards. But the whole time I have the gun mounted on him and I'm just tracking him going, get out of the way, get out of the way, because there's geese <laughs> everywhere around the quill. I'm like, get out of the fucking way, get out of the way. And right when it crossed that 90-degree plane, pow, like the birds magically like peeled away from him. He was by oh, himself, wow. bang, crushed him. I was like, yes, like two quills today, like fuck, yeah. And uh, and then that was probably around, that was around one o'clock in the afternoon when that happened. And... 
I just sat there until sunset. The field ended up building a big feed in it again. Wow. Like after all that hunt, all the, the other group hunting on the other side, all that shooting going on, they had gone across the road um, to a different field that they had been in the day before too. So there was just a big feed over there and then a big feed built on the south end of my field and then in the middle of my field and there was just birds milling around. So I would say every 10 minutes or so, um, every 10 minutes or so, like a four pack or a five pack or a pair would come in and they would land in my spread and, you know, just hang out for a bit and then they'd leave. Their birds were just pasturing and milling about the area. So it was wild. I couldn't tell you like how many geese I ran through that spread between like 10 a.m. and sunset. It was maybe 2000, you know, like it was just it was fucking insane. Mm, crazy. And <laughs> and awesome. I sat there. I sat there until sunset. The last hour of the day, I actually just went back to my truck. I was like, yeah, I really am kind of done with this. I'm over. I'm like, I'm kind of over it. And I uh, I was just sitting in the truck with my binoculars and just binocularing all the geese that landed in my spread. I was like, well, if a quill lands, I'm going to walk down there and kill it. <laughs> 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 Turned out um, no more quills landed in the spread that day. Oh, one almost did while I was in the blind, too. There was that. My, for my final third quill, that would be my fifth bird for my limit, was in a three-pack. And I was like, oh, fuck. But now I've got these big feeds all around me. And my decoy success is also starting to go down at this point. Like, geese would come by and look at me and then go to the, you know, thousand out in the right, middle of the right, field. Right. And I'm on the edge of the field here with 44 decoys and, you know, maybe 20 or 30 live geese at any given moment. So geese would kind of fly by, lock up and go, yeah, cool, go out to the middle. And uh, a three-pack comes in, quill in the middle, cluck, 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 it's coming in, and it's about to touch down, but him and one other buddy decide to go out to the middle, and the third goose landed, and I was like, fuck, I had my safety off and everything, but it just didn't give me the, a good shot. I thought it was going to land, I was just going to turkey shoot him. Mm -hmm. So uh, I ended up with four birds on the day, and uh, two of them were quills. That's pretty dope. That that was a pretty wild hunt, and then I just left my spread out there, and uh, hunted Sunday, and I had to get driving home, you know, like, it's a long drive, and I worked 7 a.m. Monday, and so that other guy, uh, he decided to come back out and join me, and we just sat there and kind of had a, a gentleman's shoot on the early birds um, that came out, just like a single here, a single there. We ended up shooting nine, and then all of a sudden, like a light switch, the wind clicked on. And I knew the wind was going to be wrong. It was in our face. I knew it was going to be wrong, but we, we could kill birds until the wind started. And that's exactly what happened. As soon as the wind started, um, another little feed built up in the middle of the field. And I was like, dude, I got I to gotta hit the road. I got to get out of here. So picked up and, uh, and left and drove home. That's pretty sweet. And that was... That was a crazy, wild trip, man. That's awesome. I got home about midnight on Monday morning. Woo. That's yep. A, that's but a drive. It was a, that was a big risk. It was a big risk. I can't believe it paid off like that. I have done trips in my life where, God, I remember this one time I went to Nebraska just on a whim. I was like, I'm going to go do something crazy. And I drove around for two fucking days and I drove home. Never bought a hunting license. Nothing. Wow. Like these, these things aren't a guaranteed. I've been kicked in the balls like more times than not. But this time it just, 
I hit the jackpot, you know? And this was a grass field? Uh, the public field? Yeah, what, I just remember looking at your snaps oh, and you were showing the grass. Yeah, yeah, that was like a hay field, wheat field. Was there corn in the area? Yeah, there was corn in the area. Huh. They were feeding in cornfields too, but oh, mostly okay. on that grass field. Yeah. That's weird. And you could see they were ripping up all the all the hay, all the grass and eating mm-hmm. that. And if you digged around in there too, there was like little... The snow was insulating a bunch of green grass underneath it too. Okay. So maybe yeah, they were out... <laughs> maybe that's the deal. If they have access to green grass, they'll still choose green grass. You know, I think it just depends on the subspecies and the area and the diet selection that birds have in that area. That's a good. That's a good point. I never really thought about that. The sub, like what their particular diet, preferred diet is. And it definitely seems like. Well, um, one time I hunted that Lake Sakakawea out in North Dakota when it was super cold. That was the weekend they were. Uh, there was a bunch of pipeline protesters out there, and they sprayed them down with fire hoses, and it was like negative fifty. That was the weekend I was hunting out there. This oh, is wow. several years. Yeah, this is several years right ago. In the middle of a shitstorm. Right, that and was they. Standing um, rock, right. Yeah, something I can't remember, but like we were hunting Lake Sakakawea, and I was like, "That's crazy." There's no cornfields up here for these birds to feed on. We hunted wheat fields every, and it was like negative forty degrees when we did that, those hunts. You know, that's crazy. I know we always wonder, like we always try to analyze like what they're gonna eat, why they're gonna eat it. You know, it's like. And what even separates like one cornfield from the other? You know, is it just random? Is it you know, because there seems to be, like, all the cornfields look the same, but they'll keep going to the one. It's like, what's so great about that one? Like, I don't understand. I guess uh, they know. I know they know somehow. We just, we don't, we need to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't tell you. But, I mean, like, they obviously, like, that public field I hunted, obviously they weren't going, you know, they weren't going out to that field that, that I hunted my first day, and I still had an amazing hunt out there, too. Hmm. And... I mean, that's just running traffic. I mean, you just put decoy. If you put decoys underneath birds, you're gonna you're gonna get some of their attention. They trust each other, right? So I, you know, you can. I've said it for years. You know, just put me in a put in, put me in a parking lot underneath some geese, and I'll decoy birds to the parking lot. Some, just not not all just of them. Not long grass prairie, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. I didn't do as much prairie hunting this season as I did in years previous. I did it a couple times, but really what I need to do when I hunt those prairies is I need to use more decoys. Mm. I think a lot of times, I mean, they were such long shots, I would just bring out like 10 decoys right. last year when I did it a bunch. But I think if you get in that like 25 range, I probably could have upped the success above zero. Well, <laughs> wouldn't take much. <laughs> uh, you might have to try that next year just for... Uh... An experiment. Dude, you know what I really want to do is, uh, here's an idea I've been kicking around my head, and it would be tough for me because I'm pretty dumb, but I want to make, (laughs) I want to do a YouTube show where it's me filming myself hunting solo, like Survivor Man, Les Stroud style. Yeah, what what were you so hard about that? Dude, I'm just not great with like technology and computers and videos I don't have any of the equipment on hand. It's not like I'm sitting here with a bunch of tripods, you know, and uh, I just think that would be so different and so cool because look on YouTube on, you know, waterfall hunts are just so... Right. 11-man epic goose slaughter. Yeah, um, right, right, right. 
you know, it, no, it's I think just there's a, there'd be a niche there. But yeah, you, I mean, you grab a couple GoPros and give it a shot. That's what I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch Survivor Man as some homework. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that. Like, you just don't see anybody doing that. Like, and I, dude, my I was going back through my camera roll at all the solo hunts I did this year, and I was like, fuck, man. Oh, that hunt this past weekend would have been pretty killer to have on video. Yeah, it would have been a six-hour video of me not shooting geese. <laughs> and people have watched every minute of it. <laughs> That's awesome. And you didn't see any bands? I did not see any bands, no. And it actually was really tough because the, I was not allowed to drive into the field. So I was just hunting at the access point, basically. Mm-hmm. I ended up carting like 100 yards. But it, with the snow, the, the cart thing was not going to put me anywhere I wanted in that field, you know? Mm-hmm. So and I was staring directly into the brightest fucking sun, man. And my eyes my eyes were beat up. I kind of I was looking at geese that I could see for leg bands, but I really wasn't doing much binocular in. And uh I, I had pretty much said, like, all right, like, dude, that sun is too brutal for me to band hunt. I'm basically quill hunting. If I sure. see a band, cool. But uh it's not it's not gonna be likely. So in all your bird nerddom, have you ever gone down the rabbit hole of the Quill Lake Goose? Is there any truth behind it? I did a quick search and I didn't, and nothing, you know, it's just all forums and all, you know, people's opinions and all sorts uh, of theories behind it. Like, oh, it's a cross between a snow goose or a, or a no, white it, front or. It's a pigment deformation and it's not just giant canada geese that get it other subspecies and even cackling geese will get the same um pigment uh deficiency i guess if like if you're listening and you don't know what a quill lake goose is google it but a quick description is on a canada goose's gray chest it leads down to a white belly but they'll have like a white belly and then the start of a gray chest lower and then a white strip that basically goes to their armpits, a white strip of feathers. Primary wing feathers and stuff like that too. That's very very rare. I've never and yes, sometimes one or two of their white primary feathers, which would be like their like their middle finger and their index finger, basically, if you're trying to picture it, mm-hmm. like will go pure white. And they'll also get white toenails, white bottoms of their feet, and they'll get a white neck stripe that goes like the it's almost like the seam on the bottom of their neck. So. They're pretty easy to identify in flight because they'll have that big white stripe across their chest. If you're real lucky, you'll see one with the white primary feathers. But um, as far as I understand it, like if a goose has got something in its genetics that is going to have some albino characteristics, for whatever reason, that's just the characteristics that are most common. And there's some other really common albino characteristics in Canada geese as well. You'll get the normal black head with white cheeks and an all white body you'll get the opposite of that where you'll get a colored body and an all white head and then you'll get what i call the ghost goose which is basically like a regular goose but in black and white and then like almost like you put a filter on it where it's just very 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 light gray color but it still has like the shades right yeah i've seen that yeah, I call those ghost geese. Yeah, and, those, and so and those would be like lucism or leucistic is the term. They're not. It's not albinism. 
Right, that. and those albino and leucism are two different things, I believe, or leucism or loose, leucistic or leucistic, however you say it. Yeah, it might be a type of albinoism. I don't even know if I'm saying these words right. It's, you know, it'd be I'm not albinism and leucism, leucism and albinism. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, I've seen Kathleen geese that get the quill lake coloration, and uh, if you look on. Um, if you spent a, a, as much time like e-birding and um, going through photos as I have, you'll start to notice different types of albinos because when people upload pictures, a lot of times it's like, "Hey, look at this! This is cool." Right. Yeah. So you do get you you do get a lot of freak photos in uh, in that library. Right. I know it's like whatever you want to call it—the albinism or the leucism—that's causing these color morphs, and they might just be random color morphs. I was more looking. Is there any truth? I mean, the reason we call them quill is because they were at least you know, rumored or speculated to be from the Quill Lake area of Saskatchewan. <clears throat> but is, um, there, is there any, has that been substantiated or is it just random? Well, well, there, I think there might be some populations of geese that have it more in their bloodline, but it seems like all geese, I shot one in Wisconsin this year. I shot a nice quill. And uh, so I shot four this year total. Sure. And, uh, the other couple nice ones I've seen have been shot in Minnesota. And then I, I know that a bunch get shot in like South Dakota and uh, Nebraska. But you would need some sort of banding data to know if they spent any time or if they were from, you know, if they nested in the Quill Lake area or, you know, let's. And maybe there was some guys that were shooting some up in Quill Lake, you know, a long time ago. And they just maybe, I don't know how the phrase got coined. Right. So and it became a nickname it, and it just stuck. <clears throat> Right, and there might be, like, in the Quill Lakes region of Canada, like, that there might be, uh, you know, a colony or whatever, or a bloodline that gets it more than other bloodlines. Well, that's your homework. I think you need to dig, do a deep dive and see if you can't scrounge up some actual, like, genetic study that looked into it. Somebody has to have looked into it, you would think. Maybe. I remember... I can look it up. I saw a quick article... um, about it but didn't it was like they were going to look at dna stuff and then that was like that was the end of the article like oh they're going to that doesn't really help me you dicks so maybe it's finished and there's some information somewhere but you seem to have a knack for finding those like university studies that don't just come up in the first google search you know right and i get a lot of questions too people are like hey how do you find all this stuff and that's google scholar on a lot of that Mm. Google Scholar and then the library. The like actual, all these um, like, library with books in it? Like you can go to your library's website, get a library card, and if you're interested in uh, scientific peer-reviewed research paper stuff, like you can get access to all the journals that make you pay for shit. You can just get access to that through the library. Hmm. Or, and let, or if you're a student, like if you're a student at a university, all those guys all have um, access to research papers as well, free through their university subscriptions. That'd be dope. Yeah, it is. It's fun to look up that stuff. Um, and there's also some good um, there's some good YouTube videos about how to research, um, uh, how to find the papers that you're looking for or articles that you're looking for while using the library. Like, because once you, I mean, how many freaking scientific journals and pay you know are oh, out there like publications? A, yeah, it's got to be like thousands. So oh, there's yeah. like good there's like good. Um, uh, YouTube's videos on like instructionals on like if you've never used like uh, any of that 
any of that library stuff or whatever, it, it'll step by step, like if you show you how to find the journals and the type of articles that you're looking for and how to search them out. It would be super interesting if something came back. I mean, part of me wants it to be true. <laughs> like, this is where they come from, you know? And, but but the, there's a bigger part of me that's like, it's probably just random mutations across the across the spectrum, you know? And I, I didn't see... There was one, that one quill lake I didn't shoot. That would have been my third on the day, but I didn't see any other ones than that, you know, like the ones that had landed too far or ones while I was scouting. I only saw the the four of them. I saw the three that I killed and one extra one, and I looked at a lot more geese. I mean, I looked at a lot of geese to see four quills. When I was working on the Stillwater Bridge, I was there for like uh, almost five years, if not five years, there was... Um, and it'll only show up later in the season, late in the winter, but there was a leucistic goose there that was wintering on the St. Croix. I'd see her every year. I say her. I'm assuming it's a girl, but I don't really know that. Nicknamed <laughs> her Lucy after, you know, leucistic <laughs> Lucy, so her name was Lucy. But I saw her, I saw that bird every year, every winter. It was kind of crazy. It had avoided getting shot all that time. I, I, I should have, I mean, should have followed her out to feed someday and see where she was going. It would have been cool to... Do a, do a hunt for the one, you know, like this. I'm here for one bird. <laughs> All right, I pulled up my uh, video on uh, on snapping necks, and uh, Mike Jones wrote two years ago. FYI, this also works great on geese that aren't injured. Please do it to them as well. Hundred and ninety five likes on that, that comment. <laughs> Just go around snapping goosenecks at the golf course in the county park. <laughs> <sighs> FYI, this doesn't work on smaller birds. Yesterday I tried using the technique to dispatch an injured fledgling pigeon, and its head came clean off in my hand. Blood everywhere. The headless body was flapping frantically for a while. Sad face. Says Eddie Cat. <laughs> 56 <laughs> likes. <laughs> That's awesome. PP <laughs> Poo uh, Poo wrote, oh, is it illegal? Is it illegal to do the? Is it illegal to do this for self-defense when a goose attacks? No, it's self-defense, bro. Protect yourself <laughs> at all costs. Um, oh, killed quite a few geese and never had any cripples. Today, oh. but today on the kayak, I threw an injured bird in the boat that took me 10 to 15 seconds to kill thanks for the vid oh i thought that was gonna be funny oh that was i thought that was, that was building up to be a pretty good story <laughs> all that for that there's a bunch of these thanks i was doing it wrong and felt bad um p1008 it's sad people like this exist these poor geese did nothing wrong i might sound like a karen but i'm not i'm making a point geese have lives too you wouldn't want to be brutally killed by a goose, would you? Honestly, that would be the coolest way, in my opinion, <laughs> to go to out die. Death by goose. <laughs> and then I want that goose to be killed and put and mount like stuffed and put it in my coffin with me. Like that's the goose that got Nick J. A dude, imagine man like was a, killed by a dude, large I, Canada goose over the weekend. Dude, I bet like I'll be on an airplane someday and a bunch of geese will get sucked into the engines oh, and it'll go. take me down. And be like. Yeah. Fucking touche. <laughs> Fitting. Um, this method works fine, but check out the finisher from Adrenaline ah, Line. It's extremely humane and fast. There it is. Dislike. <laughs> I thought they removed the dislike button. No, that's still there. <laughs> it is still there. Mm, funny. <laughs> I'm going to try it on one of these aggressive Canadian geese, says Abdullah. <laughs> uh, that's so funny 
I'm not being a Karen, but here's how I'm a Karen. <laughs> oh, Does, well, anyways. That's pretty good. Well, dude, I, uh, I'm i going to go eat some salmon that I'm cooking up right now, and I'm a little bit afraid it's been in the oven too long at this point. Ooh, yeah, you shouldn't cook while uh, recording a podcast. That's a, a bad idea. But, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that was a good story, and I like going that Quill Lake. So keep that in mind. Do some research. Let's find some, like, hard, actual scientific data. All right, dude, sounds good. Well, until next week, thank you to our sponsor, Boss Ammunition, for awesome. helping me you still got a couple shoot these the awesome box. geese. Ah, uh, I, th- I think two. Oof, boss, if you, want like, this, if you want this basically free advertising to continue, Nick's going to need some more shells. <laughs> I probably would still tell people to shoot boss anyways, just because it's a, I'm, 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 I care about ethics and killing birds cleanly, and so does boss. I, I just agree with them on their, their mantra and their, you know, company ethos. So, um, damn it, I'm not doing a good job at convincing them to send me for more free ammo but no you're not <laughs> you don't have to do it i'll keep telling people shit anyway but please but please send me more well, ammo please send us more yeah. ammo <laughs> uh, funny. i'm about to start uh telling everybody how almost as good as boss black cloud is if you don't ooh, ooh, <laughs> the threat has been put out there okay but uh all right dude well yeah i'll chat with you later all right sounds good later all right bye anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv